0: Welcome to Your Confident Self, the podcast that empowers women to step into their boldest, most confident selves. I'm your host, Allegra Sinclair, and I'm here to help you unleash your full potential in every area of your life. From the boardroom to the dance floor, we'll explore practical strategies and mindset shifts that will help you show up as your most confident self in every situation. Join me each week as I either bring you a lesson straight from my own executive coaching practice, or I dive into conversations with inspiring women who have overcome their own fears and self-doubt to achieve amazing things. From entrepreneurs and executives to artists and athletes, my guests will share their stories and insights so you can learn from their experiences and apply their lessons to your own life. Whether you're ready to ask for that promotion, start your own business, or simply feel more confident in your own skin, Your Confident Self is the podcast for you. So grab your headphones and get ready to unlock your full potential. Hey, this is Aleka. Welcome to the show. Today. Is a big girl panties kind of episode. So I want you to go grab them, pull them up, get a pen, get a pencil, get what you need because our topic today um, will require you to show up as your complete and full self. My guest today, Christina Ramirez, is a best-selling author and an award-winning empowerment coach. Her focus is on helping clients redefine what's possible for themselves, their families, their communities, their companies. She's written a book called Empowered by Discomfort. I'm going to have her tell you what compelled her to write that book. But we're going to dive deep in today into how we can get comfortable with discomfort, how we can fall in love with discomfort, how we can make friends with discomfort, because there's nothing to fear in discomfort, and in fact, a lot that we can gain. So help me welcome Christine to the show. Hi, Christina.
1: Hi, Allegra. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: You are very welcome. I was fascinated the minute I heard that you talk about discomfort, Discomfort. because I think my entire first 20 years of life, my main focus was avoiding discomfort (laughs) (laughs) at all costs, and not just avoiding my own discomfort, but making sure the people around me we're also not, so not experiencing experience. any discomfort. So, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up focusing on all the deliciousness that we can find inside, inside that, unexpected that unexpected
1: thing. thing. Sure. So, um, I'm. I'm like I was like you, right? Like, who wants to be discomfort, <laughs> un- uncomfortable? It's like no. And in fact, I hated it so much that I spent a lot part a lot a large part of my twenties, um, avoiding it and numbing it with drugs and alcohol. And I had a huge addiction problem and I ended up in a psych ward and I've been sober now for like 20 something years. So thank you. Um, like I'm not embarrassed about those stories because it's, I have compassion for that girl. You know, it's not who I am anymore, but, but I really did not want to feel the feels. Um, so, so that got me into a pickle And then, um, you know, I, I, I got sober, I got married, I had kids, my, I have like, I had like this dream life and everything that I wanted that I thought I wasn't going to get before I got sober, I got, you know, like all the things that I thought to find happiness I had. And I, I, and I, I lived like this idyllic life. And then in 2021, my husband got diagnosed with cancer and 7 weeks later he died and he did he Se- said, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry 7, seven weeks? weeks 7 weeks it was it was very fast it was very traumatic you know we were 11 days in the ICU and he actually asked to be taken off life support talk about discomfort mm. right and i felt and even in the like I cannot explain the sadness and the grief and the panic and like the emotion that comes with that. And I was holding his hand as he took his last breath and thinking of my kids and like, what do I do now? Right. But even in that horrible, like it, it, it was the most horrible moment of my life. But even then there was a little light inside of me that said, you know, we've been here before, it, it's going to be okay, like the way you feel now, you're not going to feel forever. And it was that little light that kind of helped me through my first year of grief as a widow. And the book draws on that.
0: So whoo, that's weighty. Yeah, I am, I am sorry. Um, oh, thank you. I remember standing there with my mom when she took her last breath. I don't pretend to know what you were feeling, but in that moment I was immediately transported back to what I was feeling in that. And mm. it gave me pause for a couple moments over here. Um, and seven weeks in, wow. So I am very sorry. Um, and I'm wondering if the light came to you so quickly because of the battles that you had overcome.
1: I I, I believe so because it was, you know, so when I was in in my bottom, in my addiction, I was in a mental ward. I was in the kind of place where if you wanted to smoke a cigarette, which I did plenty of, um, you couldn't just get a cigarette and light it. There was like a burner on the wall and you had to use the burner and the burner was, there was a hole that was big enough for your cigarette, but there was like a metal grate around it so that you couldn't stick your finger on it. that's that's the kind of place that i was in and i needed to be there because i would be the person that stuck my finger so i know i think like i knew what it's like to feel like your life is over um i was suicidal like i had my stomach pumped more times than i cared to admit you know but i knew that i had been to what i thought was the worst point of my life And there was so much joy that came afterwards. And I don't know if I'm going to have as much happiness and joy as I had in my 20 years of marriage to Joe, but I know that there is joy in life and that I have two amazing kids that I want to live for and I want to give them the best life possible. So 100% that light is that like, it's knowing that it's never over until it really is over.
0: I think that's such an important lesson for all of us right now because we have been through an extended period of grief. Mm -hmm. We have grieved ways of life. We have grieved for our country. We have grieved the pandemic, right? There has been uh, so much grief over the last five years. I never expected to have so much experience with it. And there are days when I just think I would rather not. Mm -hmm. and deal with grief yet again. Because I'm like, okay, I think I'm good, God. I don't need any more lessons. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just going to tap out for right now. Go let somebody else get some grief skills. But um, I think that the important and important piece of that is yes, that there can still be joy again.
1: A hundred percent. And There have been plenty of days that I would rather hide in my bed under the covers than actually show up and do the things. But it's in showing up and doing the things that is my path to freedom. It's my path to, you know, my new normal that I've been creating this whole time.
0: So how long was it um, after your husband passed that you thought, okay, these lessons weren't just for me. I think I want to write them down. When did you start working on the book?
1: So this is crazy. I I, like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I started writing the book on December twenty sixth, and by March it was already published. I mean the mercy. I know the book just it flowed out of me in part because I was talking about the things that I have been talking about for years. You know, like I I use the same tools to get through, I'm not saying like, I don't think you ever get over grief, but I, you know, to get through the worst year of my life, I use the same tools that I have been teaching my clients. So the book itself was just like uh, a word vomit of just like, blah, blah, blah. that's like, it was everything that was inside of me and it just came out.
0: Wow. Okay. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And the book is called Empowered by Discomfort. Can we find it everywhere? Barnes & Noble, Amazon.
1: Everywhere where books are sold. And what I did do with the book is because I I didn't, I wanted it, like, there have been books that I have read that changed my life. And I can 100% say that. And one of them is this book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I don't know if you know who she is. And it's actually a really boring book. But there was... (laughs) there was something. Was that the the life
0: changing part? That was the life changing part, (laughs) the pouring.
1: No, but she talks about like fixed mindset and growth mindset. And I was just reading the book and I was like, oh my God, this is, this was me. And this is why my life is the way it is. And from there I started taking all these actions to change. And that's how I started my bit. Like I can, I can 100% Say that that book changed my life, and I wanted this book to do that for at least one person out there. That that was my intention. So when I wrote the book, I didn't I didn't really know. So I worked with an editor, and I had the opportunity to participate in a retreat with Jack Canfield. He's um, the mm-hmm. author of oh, Chicken yeah. Soup for the Soul. So yes. I got feedback from him, and that kind of made me stand a little taller right and be like okay we've got this and yes. then I just went full force ahead
0: when you wrote, wrote it, it who were you writing it for
1: um I think I was writing it for anybody and, and it was part of the problem because they say it's like a best-selling book should be you know you have to talk to one specific person right but I didn't feel like I could like I feel like my you know, talking about this comfort and these tools are are pretty wide. So I think I wrote it a for my kids, like something that they could have. Um, I wrote it, but thinking of my clients, but I don't I don't know if I wrote it for anybody in particular. I just I just wrote like the process. and so it's like part memoir, but mostly like the process of how do you get through things that are really difficult? Um, so, so it's, it's broad, right. It can work for men or for women or for middle-aged women or new moms. It, it doesn't matter because the process is the same.
0: But what I love is the universality of what it is that you shared. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about a podcast, I had a very specific image in my mind of who I was talking to. So, so if other people get something from it, I think I did, that's yeah, great, right. but, but I, I did have something that's specific that's, in mind, but to your point, This This is is universal. universal. Your kids Kids will benefit. Anybody anybody can benefit. Absolutely. So so let's talk a little bit about why I think that we might fall in love with or at least become friends with discomfort. Why is it powerful? Because that seems like an oxymoron. Powerful Powerful discomfort. discomfort.
1: Yeah, because I think we've made it as a society seem like an oxymoron. But the truth is, there has always been challenges, you know, like life will always present with difficulties. And they're not there to, you know, it for me, I see discomfort as like flashing signals that just say, hey, pay attention to me, this is what's lighting up now. And this is what you need to focus on to get to your next stage. and. I think, you know, I'm not, it, it's not, oh, social media, this, like, that's not what caused our not wanting discomfort. Cause I had that fear, you know, way before social media was ever a thing, but I feel like we have this thing is like, we should always be happy all the time. And if not, there's something wrong with us. And I just don't believe that that's how life was meant to be. I believe that discomfort, you know, is, is just saying, Okay, you know, this is where we go to grow. And if we demystify that and if we say, all right, this is not trying to kill me or trying to like hurt me, it's trying to teach me. That's all the shift in attitude you need to start looking at it with, you know, with curiosity and be like, "Huh, I wonder why I'm thinking that. I wonder what what's on the other side of this." So, I think that's the starting point to have this shift in attitude that life is not perfect. It will never be. There is no, I'll be happy when, um, because the when keeps changing. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Because often hear people say, I'll I'll be happy if, if, Mm -hmm. or I'll be happy when, or Or I would would be happy, happy, right? So understanding that it's a choice and all of those things 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 don't have to be be present for you to choose to be happy right now.
1: Yeah. And it used to drive me bananas before Mm -hmm. when somebody would say, it's like, oh, the joy isn't the journey. I'm like, yeah, I want the joy now. Like, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) I don't want to wait. And then, you know, I learned that what happens is that the goalpost keeps moving. So, for example, um, and I and I give this example in the book because it's just so mm-hmm. clear to me. Um, so one in one of my coachings, I help moms start businesses. Right. So if I have a client and she comes to me and she's like, "Oh my God, Christina, can you please, please, please help me get a business that's making five thousand dollars a month?" And I'm like, "Sure, no problem. You know, like I do that every day, whatever." So we start working on it, and she's like, "Now she's making four thousand from zero, right? Now she's making four thousand yes. consistently a month, and she's like, ah." Oh, She's going to get to 5K. And she's like, oh, my God, Christina, I'm going to get to 5K. Like, what if I say seven? Can you imagine? Can, can <laughs> like, I have a business that makes seven grand? Oh, my God. And it would be so incredible and blah, 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 blah. So then I'm like, sure. So we start working towards seven, right? So now she's at six. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to make seven. Like, Imagine if I had a six-figure business holy cannoli, like what would, cha- oh my God, can you imagine? Blah, 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 blah. So then we start working and, and a six-figure business is 8.8K a month. So on the way there, she struggles a little bit because it's different, right? Like maybe you need a team, you need to spend money in that, ad- like you have to do things that are a little bit more uncomfortable than for a business that's making 5K a month. So then she comes to me and let's say like she's making, I don't know, seven and a half, eight. And she's like, why, why is this so hard? You know, like, why am I always struggling? Why like, is everybody else successful, but I'm not and yada, yada, yada. And what she totally missed is that she wanted five. Exactly. And she, she blew by five, you know, and, and now she's, feeling bad about herself because she's not in a thing that's really causing her to stretch and grow and guess what when she gets to the six figures she's going to be like oh my god can you
0: imagine if i get 10 like (laughs) it's going to keep changing yes and guess what the move from six figures to whatever her next goal is is also going to have some stretching exactly discomfort and some newness
1: yeah. Just like the, the the goal to five, like if you've never had a business, to start a business is already difficult, right? So wow, celebrate that. You're not going to be happy when you have your business. You're going to be happy that you're doing the actions to, to to like, it's the process of who you're becoming. That's mm-hmm. where the joy is. That's what I believe.
0: So, I think what I heard was the power of discomfort is layered. So, first of all, it's understanding that discomfort is not in opposition to you. Comfort is there to help. Discomfort, rather, is there to help you, right? Mm Because you talked about how it could teach us things. People don't teach people they can't stand. So, Mm -hmm. A, discomfort is there to help you. B, it will not always feel this uncomfortable. will not always feel uncomfortable in this particular way like we used to say all the time new level new devil so when Mm. I get comfortable with what's around me then I'm ready for a different kind of discomfort to take me to the next level exactly so I also think it's powerful in that discomfort is a sign Mm -hmm. that you are doing something big that you are moving and you are growing
1: yeah And that is where the fun is because, so we as humans, we, we have this human need for certainty and for safety and for security. We want to, you know, and, and that's basic. It's, it's like, it's instinctual and you know, that, that's what we strive for. But we also have this natural instinct for growth and it's always a balance of comfort and growth, comfort and growth. So, um, because what would happen is like, oh, you know, I I, like that's fine for you, Christina, but I would rather you know sit in the you know in the beach and drink piña coladas all day, and I'll be just fine. And I'm like, yeah, maybe for a few months, maybe a year, but for the rest of your life, really, I doubt it. Right? You're gonna want something new. You're going to want to grow. It's 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 a human instinct. So. If you want that growth, you're going to necessarily face discomfort. So, who cares? You know, just go do
0: it. I think that's interesting that someone might say, "Oh, I'm good sitting on the beach drinking pina coladas." I think if I'm telling myself that I am that I prefer comfort over growth, I think we just need to be clear that that's what we're saying. Yeah. And I think. Once I recognize that that's what I'm saying, I might not be, I was going to say it, comfortable with that, right? Right. (laughs) Then I would pick comfort over growth. But if I did, that's okay. Just understand that's a choice as well. It's not like this happened to you unconsciously. Like you are consciously saying to yourself, you know what? I am so committed to being comfortable that I'm not going to do anything that feels uncomfortable for me
1: yeah but i don't i don't at least i've never met somebody that is like that i think that over time that like it's okay to enjoy your beach and have your pina coladas right there's nothing wrong with that but after a while you're going to want to grow that's like why retired people they're like i have to go volunteer i have to go do something because you need you need that expansion we're always wanting to expand
0: I think it's okay for you to decide to be comfortable I just want you to choose um
1: yeah but be honest with yourself too right don't don't be like well you know because I said I was like I made such a big deal about being comfortable that now I can't back down from it right or oh yeah okay you know to to be really honest with yourself um that over like uh, over the long run to to be comfortable I just I find it really hard for somebody to be truly, truly happy without experiencing growth. I mean, it's just my belief, you know. Um, so we'll see. I, if somebody's out there and, and they want to tell me, it's like, Prisina, that's not true. I think that would be amazing, right? Let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I think I have seen that. But I think this so. My audience is typically full of high achieving women. And And what I I see is not them saying, oh, I'm comfortable staying where I are. What I see more often is that they don't stop to recognize their successes. Mm-hmm. So kind of like the example you were giving us where she's like, hey, I wonder if I could do five so that she hits five. And then she's like, OK, maybe I can do seven or eight or whatever. Right. right. So She keeps moving the goalposts, which is natural for her. But what I find is that women who have a goal that's like, hey, I want to hit five and they don't even stop and acknowledge that they hit the five. That's the problem. That's 100 yeah. percent the problem. Mm-hmm
1: and because then they 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 start thinking is like they that the discomfort is too big that they never got there like why oh why does this always happen to me why am i never there why am i never happy and because they don't stop to recognize the victories along the way yes that's that's the crux of the whole thing
0: i think sometimes corporations are built that way though quite honestly because corporations don't do a great job of stopping and celebrating milestones or big goals it's like you hit the big goal and boom the next day they're working on the next big goal so i think some of that is learned behavior
1: 100 like sales quotas right like if you're like Mm -hmm. if you're in sales and you like you had the stretch goal and It's the last two days of the month and you're calling everybody and their mother and trying to get that sale. (laughs) And then Monday comes along, like Monday is a new month and you're back to zero and it starts all over again. So yeah, I think part of it is learned behavior, but the good thing about learned thoughts and beliefs and behaviors is that they can be changed if they're not serving you. But so if we recognize it, right? If we recognize that this comfort is a thing and that it is a powerful thing and it could be a good thing, then you might change a little bit about how you think about these things.
0: So when we were having our meeting before we recorded the episode, you said something so provocative. You said that um, not only could we get a little bit comfortable with discomfort, but that we could actually use it. So what does that look like? Would I have to create discomfort in order to do something? (laughs) How could I possibly use discomfort to my benefit?
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to create it. I think it's already there, right? So I think you need to just acknowledge what part of your life is not working or it's not at the level that it could be or something that it's like, well, you know, like this this is not really what I want. And maybe it's your health or your finances or your relationship with other people or your parenting, but there's always going to be that one area of your life that's kind of tugging you. Um, again, if I, if I believe that if you're honest with yourself, you can see <laughs> that, right? Um, and so when you recognize, okay, this is the area that right now is lighting up for me because like, if I feel like uncomfortable, I could be healthier or I couldn't have more money in my bank account. And you go and you do something about it. Then on the other side of it is like this growth. And not only that, but then you kind of feel like you're empowered, right? You don't get confidence from doing things that you've always, that you already know how to do. You gain confidence from doing difficult things and overcoming them. That's mm-hmm. how you get self-esteem. That's how you get confidence. So if you start looking at this comfort as your opportunity to grow so that you can be empowered and you can be confident, then you use it because on the other side of it, you're going to feel amazing if you stop to recognize it, like the lady, you know, like, our, like my client that didn't. So mm-hmm. that's, you know that's that's the process or that's a part of the process you recognize it you say okay I'm going to do something about it you work on it and you get to the other side of it and you're like wow I did that and that's going to feel amazing
0: yes I, I love, love that, that. And, and I always uh it. I say Same to my, my clients, clients, clients all the time I was like oh, wait don't, don't miss, miss that, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's stop and stand here for, for a few minutes <laughs> and yeah just take a look don't, right don't, don't miss, miss you're, you're awesome. awesome because so the, the, the next time you're in a situation that seems insurmountable, so now, you can easily, easily look back and think, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I so got this. I have, I have done, done harder, harder things, things right? right? I have, I have done, done similar, similar things, things. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes you feel like you can fly. It makes you feel like a, a superhero. superhero.
1: It does. But th- but then we, we kind of make that bad. It's like, oh, I can't feel like a superhero because, like, that's not modest or that's not, you know, that's what I'm like, who said that? You know, like embody your greatness. I mean, you just did something difficult. Amazing. Go for it. And then soon you're going to find something else to go do.
0: I think that, that that's, that's a socialization, a socialization thing, thing about needing to be modest. It's, it's hard, to, hard. to. Well, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about myself. It, it was hard for me to talk about myself in glowing terms, right? Especially if it was something that felt innate to me. So So I was was one of those people who sat down at a piano and just started playing something that I heard off the radio. Mm. So I had a natural gift. So when people talked about my uh, skills skills as a a pianist, pianist, it it weirded me out because I felt kind of like I didn't own it. Like, it felt apart from me. So I would always try to be, like, super modest and say, oh, you know, I practiced a long time. Or, like, I went and performed at Carnegie Hall. And people were like, oh, my gosh, you performed at Carnegie Hall. And I was like, yeah, but I wasn't the only one. I mean, there were other people there, right? Because it felt weird to me to brag about myself. So it's one of the things I work on with my clients a lot. It's not bragging if it's true, exactly. Right? And just like you could practice other skills, I think we need to practice talking about our big bad selves.
1: A hundred percent. And that you know, again, that's what will give you confidence. But that's when somebody is like, "Oh, I love your dress. Oh, really? This dress I bought it on sale. at, You know, at Target for five dollars. This whole thing, like
0: exactly. This? exactly. Really? Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's the same. It's the same. So. I think it's not even, it's that. It's like that deep down, I think you know that it's special, right? Or like, mm-hmm. and and the humble, and it's almost like the humble thing to do is to say, thank you. You know, thank you yeah. for noticing. Or, oh yeah, you you played in car. I mean, like, that's amazing. And if somebody's like, instead of putting it down, the humble thing to do is actually say, is like, thank you, that was really special. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I love, I love
0: that. So, so as I get older, It cracks me up, and I think I want us to normalize delighting in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if someone someone said to me, oh, my gosh, I love that purse, my my response today would be, oh, my gosh, isn't it fire? I love love it, it too. too. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I want Mm -hmm. us to normalize just delighting in our stuff, whether that's our skills, our taste, right, because I picked the purse. Mm -hmm. I want want us us to start start loving that more. Yeah, absolutely. We talked, we talked about, about superheroes, superheroes a little movement. bit, right? How it shouldn't seem to be a uh, uh, reserve for superheroes that you'd be good working with comf- discomfort. discomfort, but you it talked about uh, superpowers, superpowers that, that each of us has, has already.
1: already. Yeah, absolutely. In order to, 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 to face that discomfort.
0: Yeah. So what are those superpowers? Let's, Let's listen. List yeah, sure.
1: So, <laughs> and, and I, so I work also a lot with kids and, I do believe that that person sitting on the beach, that's comfortable, the person that has no confidence, like I do believe that everybody can change. Right. And it's just Mm -hmm. a decision. So, and it's harnessing these things that are already inside of you. So your first superpower, it's your thoughts. And when I work with kids, I tell them, you know, like as much as us parents dislike this intensely, we cannot control your thoughts. It's the one thing that you have absolute power over. I can influence you, but I can't make you feel a certain way unless you give me permission. Right? Um, So if we take the power of our thoughts back and decide is like, okay, if I can think I'm ugly, I can think I'm pretty too. It's within my power. Mm. Right. You, you can't fake it in the sense like you have to then back it up because it's not like, oh, I you know, like the, the affirmation is like, I am a millionaire and I'm flying in a private jet. I'm a millionaire. And, fly, and then like you're you, you're broke and you can't pay rent. That's a little, you know, <laughs> there there's there's like a, a, a friction there. But if you can think one thing, you can think something else as well.
0: I right. love that. I just, I just want, want to, to put that on a T-shirt. If you can, can think, think something, you can, can think, think something, something else. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm love i not going <laughs> to steal your phrase, but no, that would be a, great. If you, you made, you made that on a T-shirt, I would buy it. All <laughs> right.
1: Well, cool. So, um, So that's your first superpower and it's yes, accepting that, right? Your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Your second are the words that you use. And the words are just your thoughts expressed. So if you think that you are, I don't know, um, that you are smart and a great pianist, your words will reflect that most of the time. When it doesn't, it feels like there's an incongruence, right? So if you start, if you hear yourself saying, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not healthy, I'm not at the weight that I want to be, or I'm not making the money that I want to make or blah, blah, blah. Like that's a way to catch what your thoughts really are right? So words, you, if you change your words, you can almost teach yourself to think differently. So that's another power that you can use. Um, Then comes your beliefs. And beliefs are just the stories, the thoughts that you repeat to yourself over and over again, and that you hold as truth. You know, so sometimes the belief is like religion or politics, like it comes from your environment, but oftentimes it comes from you, right? And, Beliefs are the gatekeepers because it's either going to allow you or push you to make certain, take certain actions or not. So if my belief is that nothing is impossible and so I'm going to face my discomfort, that's going to lead me to take certain actions. If my belief is like discomfort is bad at all costs and I must avoid it no matter what, then that belief is going to make me take other actions or not take an action so you have the power in your beliefs to choose what beliefs you want to have that are empowering to you and which ones you want to let go right so awesome. then so then your fourth superpower are the actions that you take based on those beliefs because um nothing like whatever it is that you want it's not going to happen by you sitting there and meditating. You, you need to take action of some sort. So your ability to go do something, to take that action is a superpower that can change everything, like everything. And then the fifth superpower is then the results. So what two plus two will equal four, you know, your inputs most of the time will equal your outputs. And then those results are going to feed back your thoughts, right? So if you're successful, then your thought starts turning. It's like, oh, wow, look, I was successful. And then you're going to talk like, wow, you know, I'm a successful entrepreneur. And then your beliefs are going to be like, if I'm a successful entrepreneur, then I can invest in blah, blah, blah. And then you invest in whatever it is. And then you're going to have the results. And it's like, it's this loop. That can be positive and move you forward, or it can be negative and keep you stuck. But you get to choose which loop you want to be in.
0: I like that. So, so the five—the fi- the the thing I like, like the most, most about them. those five superpowers is that they're so accessible. Yeah. So I, I love I, Marvel movies. I'm like everybody else. I was talking about Thor earlier today, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying... <laughs> I don't, I don't have those skills, right? But I have thoughts, words, beliefs, actions, results, mm-hmm. right? So, so I have, have everything, everything in me that, that I, need I need in order to be able to, to wrestle discomfort. discomfort. Is there such? Is there? Well, can you, can have, you have too much, too much discomfort? discomfort? Can I be too, too comfortable with discomfort? with discomfort? I know that sounds, sounds weird. weird but is, is that, that thing? thing? Um. I'm not
1: sure. I do know that, for example, if you would have told me, I don't know, a month after my husband died, "Oh, Christina, you're just feeling twenty percent of discomfort," I would have punched you, right? (laughs) 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 Because that did that did not because we because no curse words, right? Because I (laughs) this This
0: is is a clean podcast, podcast. exactly. (laughs) So.
1: Hence, I would have punched you. Like I would have, I would have lost it with you because it sure as hell did not feel that way to me. Right. Right. But once you pass like parts of like, there are times when you're in crisis and once you pass the crisis and you can access a little bit of your reason and I could zoom out and I could see the rest of my life and I could see like, okay, he died, but I didn't, my kids didn't, my business didn't and i was able to grasp onto those things then i could i could move forward and i don't know if i'm answering your question
0: but yes, you are okay. so, so i think, think that um sometimes when we make friends with, friends something, with something that, that we, we have, have believed to be, be negative i think sometimes we're we hesitant to do that because, because we, we think oh well then we'll, we'll like, like the negative, negative thing. thing right so, so whether that's discomfort or conflict i had someone on the podcast a couple weeks ago who talked about how conflict can be a great thing right so i think that as women we tend to think oh i don't know if i want to be that chick i don't want to be conflict chick i don't want to be discomfort chick so you did answer my question in that each of us will decide what fits us
1: yeah and it's also like well why is discomfort a negative it doesn't have to be Right. So you don't have to be so you don't have to be that negative person. You're just somebody that understands that life is never going to be what Instagram looks like. And therefore, like it's like so in AA, I got sober in AA and there's a phrase that says like you will find you, you can face calamity with serenity. And to me, like that's a little bit of a stretch, but I can face challenges with confidence. So it's not like I'm embracing being negative i'm just understanding that okay so there's there's always going to be a part of my life that i wish was a little different and so what like it doesn't mean that i can't be happy it doesn't it doesn't it's not an it doesn't need to mean something negative i get to decide
0: what it means i I think i I love love the the thought thought of being being uncomfortable. uncomfortable A little little bit. Because I think when I'm uncomfortable, uncomfortable, it means I'm being who I truly am. am. If I'm really comfortable, then I think I can't possibly be showing up as myself because I'm different. Everybody's different, right? So to me, discomfort doesn't mean, um, well, I have a broad definition of discomfort. So something just feels off to me, like in my body or in my skin. That's discomfort. I uh, keep going to a meeting and I feel like I I I should say something and I don't say it. That's discomfort to me. The fact fact that I'm not showing up completely. So I kind of like that. I never never thought thought of it, that it was teaching teaching me something, something, but kind of like that because it makes makes me me feel, feel it reminds me to be present. present. And it gives me permission permission to say say what I I want to say. say. Absolutely. And permission is such
1: a big thing that I think you know, I, I talk a lot about that in the book because, you know, in order for you to change, you need to give yourself permission to change. Right. You mm. need to you need to yes.
0: allow yourself and that's something you have to give yourself. Someone else can't give you permission. No. Well, they could try.
1: But again, who's it, but it's the same thing with the thoughts, like who's in control of the thoughts, right? So I can influence you and I can say, oh, Allegra, you have permission to blah, blah, blah. And that can influence how you think. But ultimately you're the one that has to say, Is like, yeah, I accept that thought and I give myself permission. Or it's like, yeah, no, she doesn't, she has no idea what she's talking about. And I can't, because if she were me, she would know that blah, blah, blah.
0: (laughs) I have an odd question. So... I know that you have created a curriculum um, about empowerment and how you can change your mindset through a physical activity, which is running. Did that come from discomfort? Because the thought of running is so uncomfortable to me. I'm wondering. (laughs) Me too. I'm wondering if that curriculum was born out of physical discomfort and you finding the silver lining, which was growth. Yeah, so
1: that's a, a really interesting question. So I was the girl in the back of the gym smoking pot, right? Growing up, like that's, hence I ended up in the mental ward. So when I had kids, I wanted to be the mom that was active and could do stuff with them. And, you know, but I couldn't even run around the block without gasping for air. So that discomfort caused me to run a 5K, and when I'm I sorry,
0: the fact, the fact that you couldn't run around the block made you run a 5k. Yeah, because that's not who I wanted to be.
1: Gotcha. Right. I wanted to be a healthy mom. I wanted to be able, I had two boys. I have, I mean, I, had, I have two boys. They're 21 months apart. You know, I wanted to be the active mom. So I had to do something. So I ran that 5k and oh my God, Allegra. You should have seen me at the finish line. I thought I had won the Olympics. It felt like
0: it was like, (laughs) oh, my God. Like, were you posing? Did you have flowers and chocolate? How hook were you?
1: (laughs) My family was there. My kids were there. They came running to me. Like, it was amazing. And that feeling got me hooked. And so from there, I started running longer. Then I started doing triathlons. Then I started doing Ironman triathlons. I don't know if wow. you know. What, yeah, me. It's so crazy. Um, so when I, you know, so I, and then, so, okay. So I was a teacher and then I decided that I wanted to be more with my kids. And I asked my principal at my boys' school if I could do an after-school activity and i couldn't do swimming and i couldn't do biking so okay running not that i particularly liked running but you know it it was what i could do and i took the kids to run a 5k and guess Mm. what guess what happened what happened they felt the same thing that i felt like they came on monday with their medals to school they walked a little taller like they were just like like really transformed my kids included So I was like, oh my gosh, I hit on something here. And it was at the same time that I read that book that I told you, Mindset. And so I put the boring book, but she has TED Talks, which are like cliff notes in case you don't want to read the whole book, because it's really, it's amazing. Um, And so I kind of put those two things together And over time, created a curriculum giving kids the opportunity to do things that are difficult, like that 5K, so they can feel what I felt without having to go in a 5K. So we we created in the class, you know, we make it, we have challenging games, but then at the end of class, they're like, oh my God, I survived that. Can you believe it? And then they feel like very accomplished and confident at the end of it. That's the whole point. So it's causing the discomfort to... You know, so that they can overcome it with, you know, with encouragement. And you're not going to be like, throw them in the water and be like, okay, sucka, swim or die. (laughs) Right? Did you
0: say (laughs) sucka? (laughs) Is
1: that like super old school? Oh, and oh, I? It was am just so, so
0: unexpected. unexpected. You're sounding all evolved and <laughs> you know empowered people and talking about wrestling. But like, I, like hey, swim, swim sucker. Well, I I work with kids
1: a lot, right? So, um yeah, but you're not going to you're going to support them through that challenge. Yes, yeah. So that's what we do in the curriculum. We cause discomfort right? Because we say, okay, we need to do this. That's like, oh my God, we really have to do that. But then we support them and we encourage them and we teach them so they can meet that goal. So they can feel how I felt and how that first group felt when they ran their 5k. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. I I love love that. So So it's it's kind of a, Sometimes we need to see or touch things for the lessons to get through to it. So it's a physical manifestation yes. of your philosophy around discomfort. See, there you go. There we go. Swim, sucker, Swim, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. So you know, I, have I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation about discomfort. discomfort. I, I think, think differently, differently about it. And um, I'm loving so much of the different pieces. So I know my audience, my audience is going to be like, oh, I love Christina too. So I know that um, we have talked about how you can make your book available to them. So let me brag on your book real quick. Um, it's more fun if I do it, right? Yeah, definitely. Christina's book is called Empowered by Discomfort. And you can absolutely find it on Amazon. Um, it is cheap. Go, Go get, get it. it absolutely. absolutely. If you, you want, want it in it. a different format, for instance, if you wanted Christina to be able to send it to you through email as an EPUB file instead of a Kindle file, then we could, could set, set up, up a little, little bit of a discount, discount for you so that you could get that from Christina's website. So what we're going to do is we're going to send you to Allegrativity.com slash discomfort. How easy is that to remember y'all? Allegrativity.com discomfort. And we'll have two links there. So you can either buy the discount version that you'll get through email delivery direct from Christina. Or you will have the link there for you to immediately go and get the book and put it on your Kindle. I recommend books on Kindle a lot. So I know folks are very much inclined to do that. So we absolutely want to get that book in your hands. And if you guys have now fallen in love and you want more of Christina, Christina, do you want them to hit you on your website? Do you want them to reach out to you on social If they want more, Christina, what's what's the the best best way for them to get it?
1: Yeah. So the best way is to go to my website, which is Christina M. Ramirez. Um, And that's kind of the hub of all the different things that I have, right? Because I work um, with kids. I work with moms. I work like with – so we have different programs there. And um, and I answer all the emails. People think I'm crazy, but I love that. So there's a contact form there. You can just, you know, email me and I will answer you. But that's that's where you can find me.
0: I don't think that's crazy at all. Oh, you mean versus someone else answering. You're saying Exactly. You answer that person. I personally oh, no. do it. Yeah. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that's delicious. So we'll absolutely have a link to Christina and Ramirez in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Is there you. anything else that you want to pour into my audience before we go that you haven't had a chance to share yet? You can do this, whatever this is,
1: like whatever, like you have the power, like it's, You just have to make a decision that that's what you want and there is a way to get there. So go for it, whatever that is.